and welcome to the Eastman's Predator Pros Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Nimnick. Great to be back on the mic with you guys for another episode. Got a good buddy of mine, Rusty Gamble, on the show. Uh, you may know Rusty. You may have ran into his uh, YouTube channel called Coyote Assassins. You may know him through social media. Um, you may have ran into him in a coyote contest. But uh, either way, I was out in Idaho a few weeks back uh, filming a an ep- couple episodes of The Last Stand with Rusty. So that was great. That was really the first time I ever got to hunt with Rusty. Uh, so learned a lot about him. Uh, learned a lot about the way he hunts coyotes and, and uh, the differences between the way I do it. So, you know, Rusty kills as many coyotes as anybody. So I'm hoping to to have a good conversation with him today on this episode and, and kind of get him to spill his guts a little bit into some of his secrets and tactics and things that, that make him successful. So should be a good episode. But before I get going, I need to thank this episode's sponsor, which is Swagger Bipods. Now, if you followed me for any amount of time, you know that's what I run. Um, and I'm not going to lie early on before I started shooting swagger, um, I was, I was concerned about the cosmetic look, you know, how is this going to look on my rifle? Um, but once I, once I got over that and I, and I put it on my rifle and I started using it, I absolutely fell in love with it. You know, I'm telling you this, I'm all about putting bullets in coyotes and, and to me, there's no better system out there than the swagger bipods for doing that. The maneuverability, um, the quickness that I can get on coyotes, um, the stability that it gives you, all that mixed together into one package is, is just unbelievable. And, you know, if you're looking for something different, um, if you're looking to put more bullets in coyotes, give the Swagger system a try. You know, if you don't want something that attaches to your rifle, I personally like to attach it to my rifle just because it gives me, you know, hands-free. Now I have, you know, hands-free to cross fences. I have hands-free to carry my call. Um, I have hands-free to drag coyotes back. Um, but maybe you don't want that. You know, maybe you're looking for something a little bit different, something that you can detach from your rifle. You know, take take a look at the QD series. They have a QD42 um, and a QD72. So depending on, you know, if you're sitting or if you're doing some night hunting and want something uh, maybe for standing, uh, give both those a look. But either way, if you're in the market for a new bipod system, want to put more bullets in coyotes, check out swaggerbipods.com. And lastly, want to give uh, a big thanks to Eastman's for getting this you know, podcast up and going. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, we're just getting started here on this. You know, this is only episode number six. Got a bunch more coming out, you know, over the next year. Um, but uh, Eastman's has a little promo going on their website right now. You know, Christmas is coming up. If you're looking for some gifts from people, want to want to gift them a subscription to Eastman's. If you do so right now, um, I think if you uh, gift three subscriptions, you'll actually receive a free Cryptek Sonora hooded shirt. So uh, be sure and get on their website, Eastman's.com. And check that out. Well, Rusty, great to have you on the podcast, man. Heck yeah, man. Happy to be here. So, a lot we want to talk about on this podcast. Um, you know, for anybody that's watched the the recent Last Stand episodes, I was out in Idaho back in October. Uh, did some hunting with you. So, definitely want to talk about that hunt. Um, you know, want to get into some contest stuff. You know, you're a big contest hunter. Um, you know, you doubled up here recently, uh, back-to-back shotgun champs in Nevada. Um, you know, we got the world championships coming up, so kind of want to, you know, visit about that, some of the tactics and just the anticipation of, of stuff like that. And then just some, some general coyote hunting stuff. Um, you know, obviously you kill a ton of coyotes as many as anybody. And, uh, I know a lot of guys are interested to kind of, kind of get a little, uh, you know, gushy stuff out of you, you know, a little <laughs> bit of spilling the guts you know the the secrets oh, so yeah. so yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of that sounds good i'm ready 
so first off, so first off, I mean, so I know you're kind of a little bit different. You know, I, I've told people on this podcast, I'm more of a seasonal coyote hunter. Um, well, you know, essentially, you know, I, uh, I'm a, I call it a season, but it's a self-imposed season. You know, for me, it's a lot because just my, my real job in the summer and baseball and just everything else, you know, so I just don't hunt coyotes. You know, I know you, you hunt them a, you know, a lot more kind of year round with the decoy dogs and the thermal and stuff like that. You know, how long, how long have you been doing that? I mean, you know, really getting into the, you know, year long coyote hunting game. Uh, so let's see. I got into the decoy dog in about six or seven years ago. Odie's getting pretty old. He was my first like actual decoy dog. I had some other ones that I tried getting going and stuff didn't work out. So I've probably done it close to, I don't know, 10 years all year long. Yeah. I don't... Now when, you, yeah. When you, so when you're, so when you're spending most of the time, you know, let's say spring, summer, you know, a lot of your decoy dogging is during the day. But then, are you are you doing some thermal hunting at night as well? Oh yeah, yeah. The that's yeah. one of the things the decoy dogs are awesome for is when you're out night hunting and stuff is going and finding the coyotes. You shoot them; they don't always drop right there. I mean, theoretically, that's what's supposed to happen, but it doesn't yeah, always yeah. happen that way. So I yeah, and that's the, one thing I've noticed. The dogs for that it's, with the thermal hunting is it's tough. Yeah. So if you, I mean, without dogs, when you shoot, you, you kind of got to make a choice right there. Do you hurry and scan and look for another coyote or do you keep your scope on that coyote you just shot so you can for sure get the one, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's, oh yeah. So yeah. That's what I, that was one thing that so. caught me off guard. Thermal hunting was the tallness of the grass and things like that. You know, like when you shoot a coyote out there, <laughs> it's, oh, not, yeah. it's, 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 it's way different, you know, when you start shining your headlamp out there and you're like, wow, this looks different than what I saw in my thermal. I have no idea where this coyote's at. You have no depth perception or nothing. I know one of the things, my scope's got a rangefinder on it. So what I do, if I don't have my dogs with me, like a lot of the contests and stuff, don't let you have dogs. If you shoot and you shine, you have your gun pointed right where you shot that coyote, my rangefinder glistens when i when i point my headlamp back at my gun so i can and it won't it won't shine like reflect if i'm off in line with my gun at all so i can walk in a straight line right to the right to the coyote it's i don't know it's a pretty good little trick works good for me anyways yeah so essentially you're so just so the people that don't understand you got your gun up in a in a big tripod like in a hog saddle right so you can lock it in place yep yep so then as soon as you shoot the coyote, you're leaving your gun and everything pointed right to where you killed the coyote. You yep, shoot a range lock, so you know how far to walk. Yeah, I lock the gun right there and I can I can walk out. And as long as I can see my reflection from my rangefinder on my gun, I the know lens, the front. You're talking about the front lens of the rangefinder, right? When yep, you shine back to it. Yep. Yep. And as long as I can see that, I know I'm right in line. It works out every time as long as the coyote is still there you know what i mean i'll be able to find that coyote yeah yeah that makes sense I'm, that's that's a good little tip man i've never really thought about that i usually spend like 30 minutes ro roaming around out in circles trying to <laughs> trying to find the yeah. damn thing you know well 
I never, I never noticed it until I, I, I was always looking back for my gun to kind of see which way it was pointing or whatever, because I would always point my gun in the, the general direction. But then I started noticing that that reflected back. I'm like, hey, well, do that. Well, yeah, that's a yeah, it's, that's it's a, a good little tip. trick. It, it works, works pretty good. So with so with you hunting coyotes year round, and does there ever come a point where you just get tired of hunting coyotes? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, I was worth it was worth a shot, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I freaking love it. I mean, the in the summertime and the winter time and the contest season, I mean, it's two completely different animals. Like in the, this time of year, in the fall, and the contests and stuff are going. I mean, it's it's for me, anyways. It's just going out. I mean, I try and do my YouTube channel, but contests pretty much take all my time. You know, scouting and making sure that there's coyotes where I'm going to be hunting and all that. But in the oh, for sure in the summer in the summertime, that's when I get all my filming done. That's when I can put out more videos and stuff. And, uh, yeah, the, the decoy dogs is, that's my favorite. It's just fun seeing, seeing the dogs. I mean, you can tell they absolutely love what they're doing. It drives me crazy not being able to take them this time of year. Uh, so what, what's your, what's your favorite? If you had to pick one or the other, what's your favorite? If you had to pick a, a month or a two month period out of the year, what would be your favorite period to hunt coyotes? Uh, I would say, let's see, probably, let's see. So you're going, you're going for the decoy dog side. Yeah. July and August. Definitely. So, so yeah, let's back up, you know, just, I don't want to get into a whole lot of decoy dog and stuff. I'm actually, you know, I think that'll be a a podcast down the road, but you know, just, you know, why is it that is that because now the the pups are getting big and a, a little bit bigger, or the the, no, the pair so, of coyotes are a little more dominant at that point and more more territorial? Yeah, you get a lot more super aggressive coyotes that come in and interact with the dogs, chase the dogs, dogs chase them back and forth, back and forth. I mean, you could just sit there and just take it all in. It's just. The coyotes don't care that you're there. I mean, you can stand up. You could talk to your buddy. As long as them dogs are with that, that's all they're that's all they're looking at. That's all they want. Anything to do with. They don't care about nothing else. A lot of times, even after you, you if you'll let them decoy for a bit and let them get really in tune with the the dogs. That I mean, you can you can shoot, and they'll maybe run off little bit then they'll cut turn the call on and they come running right back so i mean it's a it's just a really fun really exciting thing and i try and show it on the youtube channel but it's it's really hard to show how how cool it really is i know we've been wanting to we've been wanting to film a last stand show doing some decoy dog and one of these years we're gonna we're gonna pull it off like i said my schedule gets pretty busy in the summer it's tough for me to get away but i think it's it's cool you know it's a whole different if it's a whole different thing um i've only done it once uh we didn't we didn't we didn't have any coyotes for a few stands one morning in the middle of the summer 
Um, but I've seen, you know, a ton of the videos and it's just, uh, or, you know, guys like you or Seth or Simpson or, you know, Colton or any of those guys that do a lot of that have sent me videos of that stuff. And it's pretty wild how bold and just like the coyotes could care less. You are sitting there. Um, that yeah. they just get so in tune with the dogs that that's all that matters. Yeah. Now, yeah, you know, I, you and I had, I, you and I had a little bit of a conversation about this when, when I was out there filming with you last month, you know, I know a lot of guys, you know, might think that, you know, you know, if you're out there shooting coyotes off in the summer, you know, we're only getting one crop of coyotes a year. And, yeah. you know, what do you do about, I mean, are these, do you have specific areas that you only do decoy dogging in? Or, and these are areas that you're not planning on hunting in the fall, or is it kind of some of the same areas? Or are you doing something different, like only shooting off maybe the male coyotes when you're decoying them? Uh, you know, kind of talk me through a little bit of the strategy um, knowing that you're going to hunt coyotes so, year round, so you don't run out of good spots to hunt coyotes. Yeah, I try and shoot just the males, but no, no, there's a lot of times that you think it's a big old male coming in super aggressive, it ends up being a female. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, yeah. I really, I don't, I don't really worry about it too much. The way I see it is, if you're in a good area for coyotes, you kill that that uh male and female out there within a month or two there's going to be another male and female that move into that and take over that area that's the way i see it they're they're just going to keep trickling into as long as it's a good area with food there's always going to be coyotes there i have like i i live I i live right on the edge of a ravine uh, like a big wash, we call it the hollow. And I've killed coyote after coyote after coyote in that wash. And there is, <laughs> there's never a shortage of coyotes. They just trickle in from maybe higher <laughs> up in the mountains or different areas. I mean, because my parents, they wanted, they want, they live behind me. Uh, and they wanted, they wanted to have chickens out there, and every time they get chickens, the coyotes kill them. They're like, "You need to go out and kill more of them coyotes." And it's, it's, I'm killing them. They're, they're just not going anywhere. <laughs> they're all, they're still, they're just gonna keep coming. And, and guys, guy, I think it's funny when guys get all mad about, you know, say they take their buddy out, and they go home, and then, and yeah, contest spots and just general spots are two completely different things, but. If it's a good area and there's food there, you know, it's a good spot, good habitat for coyotes. There'll always be coyotes there. Yep. That's a good point. You know, I go through, I talk about the same stuff just, you know, in my shortened season of only five months, you know, I do the same thing, you know, where I'm not, uh, you know, once I go hunt a spot and kill a coyote, I'm going to try to give it a month, maybe six weeks, you know, before I go back and hunt it again, just for that simple same fact, you know, that, you know that's going to new coyotes are going to move in and things like that you know so that makes uh makes a lot of sense that you know the way you explained it there for sure so let's so let's move in let's talk a little bit about the hunt you know a few weeks ago um when i was out there and then we'll get into we'll get into some contest stuff um right. so you know we had a we, we had a fun fun ass time uh you know early season coyote hunting you know for me sometimes and, and i'm sure you know you and i talked about this too as we were hunting you know, it's just hit and miss sometimes. You'd think early on like that, that man, the, the pup coyotes and stuff would be just bomb 
coming in and it would be so awesome. But, you know, sometimes it's not, right? Yep. Yeah, you can go out one day and, well, just like us, we went out and we did probably over 50 stands that weekend. And yeah, only called in not even a handful of coyotes. So, and then, I mean, I could go back out there tomorrow and kill 15 of them. It's, it's definitely hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, and people think there's always some, you know, fix all, like you, you can play a certain sound and it's going to work every time, you know, or a, a certain combination of sounds or something like that. You know, I've never found, I wish I had the secret sound, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you get the same kind of questions. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you know, and, and in that hunt, you know, we had a lot of coyotes that hang up, you know, and I don't really even consider them hanging up. You know, we probably had five or six coyotes throughout that trip that they they just would peek their head out of the sage out there at four or five hundred yards. And they just acted like they could care. They weren't trying to go downwind. They weren't trying to do anything other than just peek out of the sage. And it's then they like just kind of, like, you know, walk back into the sage. You know, it's almost like in their mind, they have something better going on that day. That's what it, it seems like to me. It's like they look up, they know you're there. They know it's uh, a food or whatever. And whatever they got going that day, they don't want none to do with what you got going. Yep, that makes sense. So, you know, so I get this question a lot too, you know, okay, what do you do when these cats are hanging up and, and checking up? You know, and I've talked about that already on this podcast and, and will, you know, but, you know, I know people want to hear, you know, your side of things too. So what, what are some of the things that you do when you get to a day like that, like we had maybe later in the winter, uh, whenever it may be, when you start to see these coyotes just doing a little bit different than what you want them to, you know, what are, what are kind of some of your tactics, you know, for you to try to say, okay, I got to make, I got to change something up today because what I'm doing now just isn't working. Yeah. So, like, in contests and stuff, I mean, you have one day to go and kill as many coyotes as you can. And you don't, you don't get to choose the day or nothing, obviously. So, my biggest thing is if I get coyotes, and I'm seeing them on every stand, but they're just kind of like what we had when we went. They're just not coming. I just... I find little washes and ravines and just places that I know that coyotes are going to be. And I try and sneak in there and get in as close as I possibly can and use quiet little sounds, whip squeaks or, you know, mouse squeaks or high pitched little cottontails or bird distress. But I think the closer you can get to them on days like that, I can't remember. I think it was my buddy Chance that always says that they're they they you got to get in their bubble. Some days their bubbles a mile range, and other days it's a hundred yards. Man, uh, your buddy Chance must have read one of my articles before. <laughs> no, he might have, was it you that said that? <laughs> uh, no, that's but that's funny because that's the same analogy I use to kind of explain it to people. You know, it's like there's this bubble uh, around a coyote, and you know, it changes by the hour. Sometimes it changes by the day. It changes by the season, and it's just constantly changing. You know, it changes day to night. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? 
And sometimes the bubble's big, sometimes it's very small, and it's just always fluctuating. And, and yeah, your goal as a coyote hunter is just to get within that bubble. And, you know, what I tell people is, you know, oh, I always anticipate the bubbles are small, you know, meaning the closer, the tighter I can get into those coyotes before I start calling them, the better off you're going to be, you know. I'm not expecting every coyote to come running from, you know, 1,200 yards across the, the pasture, you know. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense, what you said there, getting in there tight. You know, so so what? So when you go to that mode and you say, you know what, the coyotes just aren't responding, and I got to get in tight. What are you doing as far as time on stand when you when you make a change like that? Same. If anything, I do shorter stands because if they're if they're nope. not coming from a long ways away, I mean, you you know, you've been doing stands. Something's not working for you to switch into that. I got to get in close mode. So if they're not coming within 15 minutes on, you know, your regular call and stands and you go into where you just, you've got to get something killed and you go in there all set for five minutes. Yep. Because if they're, if they're not going to travel on your other stands, what makes you think they're going to travel? You know what I mean? They're, and usually yeah, you it, do those tight stands, they're there like minutes. 30 seconds sometimes. Well, yeah. And that's what I explain to people too. If you don't, once a coyote's committed to, you know, come, you know, so, you know, if, if they're on their way, they're going to be on their way and, and on to the next stand. And, and, you know, you look at the math of that, you know, if you're making 15 minute stands all day long versus five minute stands all day long, yep. you know, roughly you're getting in twice as many stands. You're covering twice as much country. Um, yep you know, hopefully calling in twice as many coyotes, you know, but, it, but then on the same path, you know how this goes, you know, it's not a cookie cutter response. So you tell, you tell somebody that, you know, for example, I'm sure you get kind of just like me, you get messages on Instagram and Facebook, which is great, but yep. it's very hard sometimes to explain to somebody in a couple sentences, really what that means, you know? So if you tell them five to 15 minutes, you know, now they're running out and making a five, five minute stands on days when the coyotes are coming in pretty good, you know, now, yep they may be getting up and spooking you know so it's it's a very tough it's just comes with that understanding of hunting coyotes when i need to make that five minute stand or when i need to make that 15 minute stand you know you know yeah I, it, it's hard it, it's it's a very coyote hunting in general is a very hard thing to explain to people how to do it like or or how like for me to explain how I do it anyways, it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just tough. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. You know, and, and that's the thing, you know, early on when I started hunting coyotes and I'd go, go to these contests and I was getting whipped by all these guys and they would, they would kind of sit around, you know, and I'd see these guys kind of over there with their arms crossed and they wouldn't really say anything, you know, and I might try a bit. And early guys are just being a bunch of pricks, you know, like they don't want to, they don't even want to try to share a little bit, which I don't blame them, but you know, but in the long run, now that, you know, I've done this long enough, I really think it's just, it's, it's just hard for people to really explain exactly how they go about doing it. You know, it's just based off their experience and they're just yeah. rolling with that. Yep. Um, I don't know. I always try and, I always try and be really friendly to people and explain especially if I'm at a contest or something and somebody comes up asking questions. So that, it's, 
it's just yeah it's tough to explain yeah and and that's good too you know I, you know when you go to these contests you get a variety of experience levels you know you get guys that you know are excited about doing a contest but maybe they haven't done very many obviously you get guys that have done a lot of them and are more competitive you know so you get a, a wide variety of of guys there and you're exactly right i think it's important for us you know as veterans now in the coyote contest world you know as i'm going to call it i guess for lack of a better <laughs> word uh, you know um you yeah. know i think it's important for for guys like you and me and other guys that do well and compete in contests to have that interaction with other guys and you know do we have to tell them exactly where we were no you know because that's that's the work we've put in and the scouting and things like, like that but yeah. you know i'm like you i don't i don't have a problem telling somebody man i was playing this sound and this sound and you know heck we shot well and i was sitting there for this many minutes and we made this many stands you know i don't have a problem telling people that you know to me that's not well, a, a I big even, secret of, I of even, kind. yeah i even have people text me and stuff during the contest people i'm competing against and ask me what sound you using you know how long you setting are they coming to distress <laughs> your vocals and i i got no yeah. problem telling them i want them to do good too you know what i mean you don't you don't tell them like meatball or some uh, screaming chicken or some off the wall sound <laughs> like that just to mess with them. <laughs> no. So the I learned a long time ago. Uh, I don't know if you know old Don Birch, but I've I I learned nope. a lot from him. He's a an old coyote caller from way back whoops everybody and stuff you know when he goes to the contest and i used to think because i grew up competing against him and i used to think he was the biggest cheater like because i was going as hard as i could go and this old guy is like if you ever listen to this i <laughs> don't want to say old guy but he uh <laughs> he's I well, was he was like, at the time no compared way. to you you know yeah, yeah, there's no way he's doing more stands than us. How is he every single time he's got more coyotes? Like, I just, I, I, he had to be cheating. Like, that's the only thing I could see. So I understand when you go to contests and you see these numbers coming in and you're going out and you're doing your very best and it's, it's just not, it's not working out. Like, everybody's bringing in all these big numbers and you're getting three, four, five coyotes. And you're like, nope, they're cheating. But until until the contest, I don't, I don't even know how you would say it. Until you understand the whole concept of doing good in a coyote contest and how, like, how people do it, you're gonna think that people cheat. And yeah, I, I totally well, agree working or hunting against that guy i thought that up until he actually took me on a contest and he took me and we won the contest and we had the same thing people saying well they cheated you know it because it was just a little nevada contest that we went and did but going with him and seeing like we stopped for lunch We'd drive for 20 minutes, you know, we'd BS, it, it, I'd walk to stands, like, because normally I was running, like, 
trying to do as many as possible. And it just showed me yeah. how important it is to really know where you're hunting, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And that's and that's what I was going to, I was, that's how I was going to explain it. I mean, I, and I'm in the exact same boat of you, you know, I started off hunting the big Midwest contest down in St. Francis. And, you know, back when I started hunting that contest back in, this would have been probably the mid two thousands. It, it was a big contest. I mean, this is well over a hundred teams. They actually had two divisions. They had what they called kind of like this amateur division and then the pro division, you know, and really the only difference was the amount of money um, as far as the entry fees and stuff. And, and yeah, there was teams, you know, checking in 15, 16, 18 coyotes. And, you know, like you said, I was out there doing my best and and my dad usually partnered with me in that one. And, you know, we would check in four, five, six, and one year we won the amateur division with eight, um, you know, and I was in the same boat and, and really, you know, I look back on that and what, and then that was the main difference. And you just hit it on the head was understanding the, the plan really, I mean, yep. that's what it is, the, yep. the areas that you have to hunt that you've put together a plan. Um, and then second of all, it's, it's, it's the killing. I mean, you gotta be oh, yeah. efficient at killing coyotes, you know? And, and that's a yeah. big thing that people don't understand. You know, when you're checking in 15, 16 coyotes in a weekend, you didn't miss six or seven, probably, you know, yep. you might've missed Absolutely. one or two, maybe. And every, and, and you weren't getting backdoored by coyotes and you weren't, you know, getting, you know, winded and they weren't seeing the truck, you know, your setups were spot on. So every single coyote you called in, you were giving yourself very high percent the shots yep. and you're making those shots, you know, and then you fall back onto that plan again. And Hey, my plan was solid. We were in the right areas. I did my homework. Um, and, and therefore you can keep on coyotes all day long instead of just, you know, few in the morning, few in the afternoon kind of a deal. Yep. And if you're in the right area and you're calling coyotes, uh, if you kill, I guarantee you, if you're in a good area and you're calling coyotes, if you kill dang near every coyote you call in, you'll win that contest. Uh, well, you you'd think that. Well, yeah, <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. I, I think back to my, my two best ever contests. I got second place <laughs> you know, oh, in, the, in right? the same year, you know? So, uh, yep. yeah, I, you think that, but yeah, you're exactly right. You're, you're going to be right there, man. I mean, and, and ultimately yep. at the end of a contest for me and, and, you know, knowing you, I think you feel the same way for me. It's about competing with myself more than it is about competing against others. And, yep. I, and at the end of the day of a contest hunting, if I did really well and we killed every coyote we called in and I, and we hustled and I felt and my plan worked out the way I wanted it to win or lose, man, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm like, you know what? That was awesome. You know, I love the anticipation of that and, and execution. Um, for me, that's what it is. And I, I know, knowing you and talking to you before, you know, I know you feel the same way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I just went down and did the Nevada state championship down in, in Vegas. And we actually, so the whole time we thought we had 11 coyotes going to check in. We get there and we pull them all out and we only had 10. Well, oh, when we, <laughs> I thought that's we what, ha that's on. what happens when you hunt all night and you hunt like, right? 20. so to back up a little bit, so the people don't know the Nevada state championship is a, is a straight 24 hour contest. So you yeah, hunt night and then you hunt day and then you gotta be night. back to check in. Yep. Yep. So we'd hunt it all so, night. So yeah, that's what happens. You hunt all night, huh? 
Yeah, we done it all <laughs> night, and I thought I thought we got eight dogs at night, but apparently we only got seven. So our first <laughs> dog in the morning, instead of it being eight, it was actually nine. I don't know. It was messed up in the videos, but yeah, we ended <laughs> oh, up tying tying for second place when I thought we were going to be tying for first place because first place had eleven coyotes and we had ten. But yeah. second place had ten, and they the uh, they checked in before we did, so that was the tiebreaker is who checked in first. Well, either way, man, you know that's I always look at it that way. If you can put together a top three or four or five finish and and all and consistently do that, you know, to me that's you're not going to win them all. You know, as much as oh, yeah, you and sure. I both want to win them all, you know, everyone we get in, yep. it's just not realistic to think that, you know. But to me, when I leave something I'm like, yeah, you know, that was a pretty good showing and. You know, so for example, let's let's take your uh, you know your Nevada State contest. Were there some coyotes that got away, or would you get you know at the end of that end of that contest? Uh, were you was, like, you know what? I felt like it was pretty. We no, we did what we needed good. to do. Yep, it was good. We had one coyote that we so we had a double come in. Uh, so I had a coyote coming in. And I'm like right here, and Eric's like, all right, I see it. It's it's coming, you know, and all of a sudden he barks and shoots and my coyote like did that oh shit look and then turned to take off so i thought he'd missed well but i heard the 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 whop you know what i mean oh my god so i shoot the coyote that i'm looking at as it's running away and put it down and he's still shooting i'm like what in the heck so i look over at him because he's only you know four or five feet away from me and he's pointing the opposite direction, just unloading his gun. And so I look out with the thermal and start shooting at it as well. But it got away. But he did. He did hit it. It just, uh, it was probably, I don't know, close to a thousand yards the last time we seen it. And it was just kind of hunched up and walking away. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should have went after it. But Oh, man, you made the right call. You know, this. Oh, you and I have done this enough to know that in a contest, how how much time would you have killed going out after that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you can just kill one on the next stand. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's a tough call. You know, if it's just a fun day of hunting, I might track a coyote for a while, but usually, you know, if I can follow that thing 100, 150 yards and I haven't found it, I usually say, well, I just didn't. You know, whoever was with us didn't hit the coyote good enough. It's just time to move on, you know, because we're just killing yep. time now. Yep. Yeah, I will. Yeah, that's about me. I, I spend about five minutes if I haven't found a good blood. Like, if I got a blood trail and it's it's really leaking, I'll follow it because you know you're going to find that coyote, you know. But yeah, if yeah. there's not much blood and you've went 100, 150 yards, yeah, I'm I'm getting out of there. So I've never done a, I've never done a 24 hour straight contest. I mean, what what are the challenge? I mean, is obviously sleep depredation's got to be tough, right? I mean, well, I don't know. It it depends on the contest, really. If you if you're in a contest and you know every time you're going out and setting up, you're calling it. So the first year I went down to that Vegas contest. I actually won it. Never, never got to do any scouting or nothing. I looked on the map and said, this looks like a good spot. I'm going there. And we went there and got lucky. And we, <laughs> you might sound like I'm exaggerating, but we should have killed close <laughs> to 50 coyotes. It was my oh, first year using thermal. 
So me and my partner had never used thermal before that contest. I think we got them like a couple weeks before. And we had doubles. We, we called in 12 coyotes on one, one of our first stands that night at the contest. Oh, we got one of them. <laughs> we thought, so we seen all of the, there was rabbits everywhere too. We seen all these, we thought were rabbits running at us. As they got closer and closer, we realized that they were coyotes and they were coming from this big field. And it literally looked like a flock of rabbits running in at us. But yeah, we only got one. <laughs> Jeez. And then every, pretty much every stand after that, we called in three or four coyotes and just, and oh, we stopped, yeah. we stopped to try and sight in the guns to see if that was what was going on. I mean, it was just ridiculous how many coyotes we were missing. <laughs> I'm like, and I said to Tom that night, I was like, man, if everybody's having this kind of luck and we don't start putting some coyotes in the truck, we're going to, we're not even going to place like we were. Cause they were, I don't know why they were calling so good for us, but they were just got lucky on where we went the day or I don't know. It was weird, but we got back and there was one other team that had, it was either 16 or 17. I can't remember for sure. But they had the same as us, but we beat them back to check in by like 15 minutes. So we ended up taking first. It's always a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Just barely the, beating them back to check in. Yeah. And then like you were asking about the, the struggles. Um, it's not very, yeah, it's not very hard to stay up when you're calling in coyotes nonstop. I mean, the adrenaline stays pumping and it's pretty easy to stay up. But like this last time, man, it was it was 80 degrees down there doing stand after stand down in freaking middle of the desert. It's 80 degrees and you haven't slept all night. It, it definitely gets rough. How many, uh, how many NASA's did you drink that 24 hours? <laughs> uh, did you lose it? Did you lose count? Yeah, probably. How many did <laughs> I drink with you? At least an eight pack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rusty just powers himself through on NOS, man. Just uh, buying them by the what? What do they come at Walmart? Like a four pack or a twelve pack? What do you buy oh, them by? It's, a, it's an eight pack. An eight pack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what that's what the okay. champion coyote hunters use is <laughs> NOS, man. That's the secret right there. <laughs> that's the secret right there. <laughs> so you, I want to back up just a minute because you made an interesting point. You know, this the contest, the Nevada State one, you won a, a while, you know, a few years ago. You just winged it. You looked on a map. You said, I looked on a map and I found some stuff, you know, yep. specifically, you know, I know a lot of guys are going to be like, wow, how can you just look at a map and know, you know, and, and I've ended up doing the same thing a handful of times as well, but I want to yeah. know what, you know, what specifically were you looking for on that map when you, uh, water. when you were just trying to drop a pin and go, your water yeah. was your number one, number one thing water, down in that desert country. And then, uh, yeah, it, I mean, Honestly, if there's water, if you're in a desert and there's water, there's going to be coyotes. So on those, so I got a question on that. So if you're looking at water, so you're, you're pulling up the satellite image, probably like using Onyx, one of those apps. Yeah. Just the regular. So what if, what if, what do you do? So some of those satellite images, you know, it seems to me like they don't update them very often. Maybe a two-year-old image or something like that. I mean, you're just going off of what's there. Was there times when you got there and there wasn't water in the pond, or are you looking for specific cricks and? Oh yeah, you know, you're uh, you more can, little like ponds and stuff up, like that that hold water. Yeah, you can you can look up springs, 
on online and stuff for areas uh just anything i mean you can look on a map and see that there's a freaking a cow trough you know what i mean and a lot of times in the desert they keep those full just for like birds and stuff and that's another thing you can look for is the the bird the bird waters they put in i think they put them in for like chuckers or something like that those are all over and anywhere there's like nice. a cow water trough or anything like that there's gonna be coyotes yeah, that's and when we hunt Arizona it's the same way, you know, that's really what we're looking for. You know, out in my country out here, there's stock tanks all over every pasture, you know. You yeah. know, and there's the water's not a big issue, but in that desert country, man, it is it is crucial to find water because you're right, you get back in there where there's no water, there's going to be no food, no coyotes, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything's got to have water. And the coyotes, everything that the coyote needs to survive needs water, you know what I mean? It's People yeah, don't realize yeah. they go out and do a stand every two miles through the desert and only come across one one trough. It's it's tough. Yeah, yeah. So so back to our hunt a few weeks ago, you know, we got into a situation where, you know, obviously when we're hunting together, obviously one guy runs the call, all the other guys are shooting. And a lot of times when we got three guys, you know, you might specifically put a guy on the shotgun. You know, and then we had a couple guys covering on the rifles, um, yeah. you know, but there came a point where I blanked out. I made like, we made like what, eight blank stands and I was running the call. And a lot of times, you know, we'll just be like, oh, it's time to switch it up, you know, get a little different juju going here, you know. So you took over the call, which I think was cool to people to see, you know, and it's hard to show that when, when we're filming that for the last stand, you know, it's tough to put a whole eight, nine minute sound sequence on a video. Obviously, you're trying to, you know, put out a 15 or 20 minute video. It's, it's tough to really show you know, the sound sequences and how long you're playing things and if you're pausing or not pausing and stuff like that, you know. And and what I found interesting, you know, when you took over the call is you call just a little bit different than I do as far as, you know, your stops and, and, and things like that. So I wanted to, and that's part of this podcast is I want people to know that, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we can get coyotes killed. You and I do a lot of things similar, but then there's a lot of little things that we probably do a little bit different as well. And this is one of them. So walk people yeah. through, Walk people through kind of a general sound sequence, um, you know, kind of how you you start the call off, you know, your, if you pause the call for any amount of time, you know, volume levels, uh, you know, how you're switching from sound to sounds. Yeah, run us through. All right. Um, so it kind of depends on how they're calling for me. Like if I'm going out and it's like, the day that me and you or the weekend that me and you had and they just weren't calling real good i i like to call a lot less i'll turn the call on for a minute and shut it off for a minute and i don't know the if they're calling really good i just i i just leave it let it run but on days like that i'll yeah i I don't really have a, a sequence, I guess. It just kind of depends on, I don't know how. I so let's go off this. So I talked about, so I did a podcast. I did like a, a podcast a couple ago where I talked about sound sequences and sound selections and how I break all the sounds down into like your prey distress sounds. And then you have all your coyote vocalizations. And then you have all your, your other coyote based sounds, like your coyote fights and your pup distresses and some of your breeding sounds. Yeah. And what I talk about is I usually I'll jump from like a prey distress sound of some kind, 
you know, maybe then go into some sort of the pup distress category, maybe finish the stand back with a prey distress sound. You know, if I, I think there's some sneaky coyotes sneaking around, you know, I may get, yeah. you know, less aggressive into more aggressive, you know, is that similar to kind of what, what you do? Yeah. Uh, I think the best way to explain what I try and do is tell a story with the calls. You, in your mind, you, if you imagine, so a bird is squilling away or a rabbit squilling away, there's obviously something there that's making it squill away. And on days that you re- they're not just coming straight to the distress sound, you got to tell a story of like, the rabbit's getting eaten. Maybe the the pup gets bit by the rabbit. Pup starts squilling. Then another pup comes in. The two pups start fighting. Just random little things you can think up in your mind. <laughs> that's that's what I do on days yeah. that they're not calling real good. Just use your imagination and try and think up a scenario that could happen. See if you can yeah, I mean- trick one to come in. To make it seem like there's no possible way that that coyote could resist what the hell's going on over here, right? Yep, yep. I mean, like, curiosity's got to get the best of them. They got to come check this out, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I look yep. at it. Tell you what, <laughs> with that that new uh, Super Revolt, your imagination can go so much further being able to play two sounds at once. I can tell you that right now. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, and <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you got, yeah, I want to hear about this. So, uh, you know, you've been using it now for a few weeks. What, uh, you got any like yeah. secret pairing so far, any, any combinations of a couple sounds off those lucky duck calls that, uh, have been, have been working or you've tried that maybe haven't worked, but they sound pretty, pretty badass. Yeah, for sure. Um, so around my area, they aren't really coming to just like, rabbit distress and bird distress i don't know what the deal is the the coyotes have been on the downhill descent for the last couple years and there's less and less coyotes every year so what i think is going on is the big alpha adult coyotes are killing the pups because they don't want to compete with them later on for food because the food like the rabbits and mice and all that, the populations of them are all way down in this area too. So I think that the adults are killing the pups because the only thing I can really get to work calling coyotes in right now is big fight, like adult coyote fight sounds with pup distress mixed in with it. And this time of year, that is not normally something you use. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you If you had to read a textbook of when to play calls and what times of the season, you know, what types of calls for the season. Yeah. Most of the time you would think this is not the right type of call to play just because you're supposed to have these young coyotes out there and that kind of stuff spooks them off, you know? Yep. So when we were down in Vegas, we killed everything on pup distress or not pup distress, rabbit distress or bird distress. And up here, I, as soon as I got back from Vegas, I went out and it was the exact same thing. I call with, the distress nothing 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 as soon as i turn on a fight sound and uh add some pup distress in with it they here comes a big old male and pretty much every time it's a big old male so i think that the adult coyotes are killing the pups and that's why the 
there seems to be less and less coyotes every year until the rabbits make That'd a be... comeback or the mice make a comeback. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just my theory. But oh, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So you're, hey, you know, if we're killing off these big big old male coyotes, then you know we're doing doing everybody else a favor, right? Pretty soon, yeah. you think we'd get enough of the the big ones killed off, and the the little wussy coyotes would make a comeback, and you know, yeah. everything would be yeah, good, right? It's, it's been weird. This the well, the last couple of years have been kind of like that. So we noticed the same thing when we're down in Arizona um, hunting. We've never had great great luck with with pup distress and fights later on in stands. You know, and, yeah. and out where I'm at, Nebraska it's really good. You know, we, I have great luck later on in the stands using that stuff. So it's kind of interesting that there's not really a catch all, you know, sound sequence to use in every part of the country. You got back to your comments about being adaptable and being able to, you know, read, the, you know, how the coyotes are reacting is important. You know, that you're just not yeah. going to have a set sound sequence. that's going to work everywhere you go or every day, you know, that you go out. Yeah. I mean, obviously you hope that when you go out they're just going to come running to the rabbit distress but i would say most of the time they don't as people always ask i watch your videos and i see what you're doing but i go out and do it and it it just doesn't work i'm like well i did 30 stands before i called in that one coyote that you see for sure. Well, you do it all the, you do it on every stand on those videos. <laughs> you, know. you know, let me ask you this though, you know, on, on my, probably the, the three or four top coyote hunting days I've ever had, they I've killed mostly on rabbit, you know, yes. would, would you say that's probably the way that yours are too? your biggest days ever were on rabbit, meaning that they were just, it didn't, you'd turn on the rabbit and within, you know, less than five minutes. Usually you were, you were whacking coyotes and it was all day long like that. I mean, is that, Yep. Simil- your similar story yep yeah so yeah, uh the i did a hand call contest and we were using um hand calls and uh, we killed 27 and it was the same thing it's just you start blowing on the call and here they come and then last year in the shotgun contest using the lucky duck it was the same thing we killed 22 with shotguns it was, yeah, turn it on and here they come. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it would yeah, be you... turn the call on, you'd see magpies flying, and then about 10 seconds later, you'd see heads bobbing through the sagebrush. <laughs> Mag, yeah, that's, that's that's a good saying out in your country. I know some of our eastern listeners and some, you know, they don't have magpies, but out in your, your country, that's that's a huge deal, right? To oh, you really yeah. watch the birds, really watch the birds and read the birds and. And because a lot of times they'll give away a coyote before you even know they're there or even a bobcat too, you know? Yep. Yeah. You, you can kind of tell how they're calling or how they're going to be calling in our area, at least just on your drive out or your, when you're driving, you know, from stand to stand, if they're, if you see magpies flying around and every stand you've called, there's magpies that showed up. They're they're calling that day. You just got to get set in the right spot. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, you know we don't have a whole lot of magpies. I mean, the only time I see magpies is usually when when I go to Wyoming a little bit. You know, out out near sagebrush country, and if we're out in eastern Oregon or or something like that, you know, um, yeah. I wish I ha- I wish I hunted more around that kind of stuff. You know, more yeah. magpies because it's it's interesting to watch them and how they work and how the 
and how they work with the coyotes, you know? Yeah, yeah that shotgun contest last year, um, I, I don't think there was a stand that we didn't call in four or five magpies right before the coyotes showed up. And this year, on that same same contest, we got we got 15, but we had to work a heck of a lot harder for that 15 than we did those 22. And the magpies weren't showing up every stand either. So let's talk a little bit about that about that shotgun contest because it is it it's a unique contest to me. Is you know the rules are shotguns only, right? Yep. So you know, and it's a day and a half contest, daylight only. Yep. um you know so the tactics change right oh yeah for sure yeah i mean so Uh, what 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 are are a few of your different you know when you're trying to kill everything with a shotgun and you can't even take a rifle with you so you know you got to get in get things in close you know what are what are a few of the tactics you're using when when you're specifically trying to get coyotes killed in that thing um what me and seth did was uh i would set up what's called basically right in front of me you know five feet away from me and then he would set up downwind 20 30 yards and uh maybe in front actually a little bit too that way he's in front of my scent cone so if they do come downwind he's gonna still be close enough downwind to be able to make the shot even if they do smell him you know what i mean yep yep that makes sense obviously no one getting the right chokes and bullets for your gun is huge too what uh what rounds what rounds are you shooting in that contest the remington number four buck i've had really really good luck with that and (laughs) just my cheap mossberg 930 shotgun it's got some super x full choke i don't even know what it is for sure but i've been able to kill some coyotes pretty far out we killed a couple on that contest that were like 80 90 yards i actually (laughs) i told you that when you come up this weekend and i seen you like you're like yeah whatever (laughs) and then i killed (laughs) that one at 91 yards on video yeah yeah, and that's a good that's a good thing about four buck is it's big enough that one, you hit them with one pellet, you know, or even two, yeah. you know, you get them up in the front half. It's it's still enough to to knock yeah. them down and and get them killed, you know. And ultimately, though, I mean, a lot of guys, ninety yards is not a shotgun shot, realistically. No, it's you know? not. That's a that's a hail mary. <laughs> but yeah, but when you're when you're in a contest that you can only hold shotguns, you're obviously going to shoot at probably everything that's even halfway close. Um, you know, just, just because you never know and you might land that hail Mary, you know, and, uh, and knock that cow down. Yeah. When we were filming, you, you rolled that one at 91 yards, um, you know, with that and the pellet was the the pattern was strung out, you know, the camera guys didn't quite get on it because it happened real fast, you know, and it was, the pattern was strung about halfway across the hillside, you know, um, but all it takes is one pellet, man. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a luck shot, but it worked. That's right. Better be lucky than good, right? Yep. That's what I say on all those running coyotes that I shoot. I know you shoot a bunch of running coyotes. That's what I just tell people. It's just it's just luck, guys. Yep. <laughs> how many how many running coyotes you shoot a year? Probably you shoot a, like at a percentage of all the coyotes you kill. How what percentage would you say would be running coyotes? 
it depends on if I'm decoying or if I'm just calling. Uh, yeah, like like, like just year, during your this, fall winter, you like your fall and winter calling months. This time of year, I don't. I try not to let them get running. I try and shoot them before. Like I don't stop them most of the time. I just they they're usually running right at the call, and I just line up with them and shoot them as they're trot, trotting in. You have a lot better chance of them not getting that adrenaline rush and running away even after they're getting shot. You know what I mean? I found if you yeah. shoot them while they're focused on that call running in, then they just drop right in their tracks. But if you bark or you woof them or whatever you do to stop them and they turn to run, and it seems like you got to put two or three in them every time just to get them, get them stopped. So I don't know. I, I, I well, would say probably. I know you've killed you've killed some good runners on some of your on your videos on your YouTube channel. I've seen. Yeah, I'd say probably fifteen percent, maybe. Are running. Yeah. I don't know. Somewhere well, around you know, there. if you're like me, you got to clean up from all your buddies missing them, right? Come on, let's throw your buddies <laughs> under the bus. If your buddies didn't miss right. all the coyotes, you wouldn't have to clean them up, right? Running away. No, no, you got to <laughs> clean up every once in a while. <laughs> that's what i tell i'm just here to shoot the runners guys you guys can shoot all the easy ones <laughs> that's what we should do I, w- I really wish we could have like a running coyote like i would love someday to set up some sort Every of range that would simulate running, running coyotes coyote. you know yeah yeah how awesome would that be we should come up with a con- yeah. how could we do that to make that work you know if anybody out there listening has some ideas i'm all ears yeah. because I would love to have a, a running coyote competition of some kind, you know? Yeah. Every co- you have to jump up and do a jumping jack before you can shoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get the, get the <laughs> get breath running. breathing going. And the, yeah. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. There, for me, man, I love nothing more than watching a coyote cartwheel about four times when he's on a 35-mile-an-hour yep. dead sprint thinking he is getting out of here. And then you're like, yeah, not so fast, buddy. You know, it's hard. Right. It's hard to beat that seventh or eighth shot and really getting his <laughs> gears going. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember. Uh, so in a couple weeks, what's that? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, man. I was gonna say about the running coyotes. I actually won a contest down south in southern Utah. Um. I had got one coyote and I was heading back to check in. And granted, this contest doesn't ever really get big numbers. It's late year or late in the year contest and everything. And I had one coyote and I was heading to check in. And I stopped off to do another stand on my way back to check in in this big wash. And I called for like, I don't know, 15 minutes or something. And about halfway through that i had some coyotes howl at me and so i i just started playing a bunch of random just throwing everything at them and finally they showed up and they come right up over the wash was probably about 80 yards across they come over the wash and the one come down in stopped right below me and i shot at it and missed the other one stopped and i shot at it and hit it and it it went down right there and then the other one, the first one that come over the hill, I shot and shot and shot. And it just kept running straight down the wash. 
and I could see it the whole time. I had a 30 round mag in my gun and I had two rounds left when I was done and I hit it right in the back of the head and it was probably 500 yards down the wash. (laughs) It was the luckiest shot I think I've ever had. (laughs) Just, just walking them in, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots of tell people you can't hit them if you don't pull the trigger and you just never know when you're, you're going to get lucky and yeah, like you said, just takes one, you know, in the right spot. Yep. Yep. That did that, that one win you the contest? Yes, it did. I gave you three then that won you the whole thing. Huh? Yep. That won the whole contest. <laughs> oh, that's a good feeling right there. Yep. <clears throat> so in a couple weeks, we got, uh, we got the world championship coyote calling contest coming up in, out in Elko, Nevada. You've been you've been whipping us for the last couple of years. Are you gonna give are you gonna give us a chance to to get you this year? You got it all dialed in. I have got it all dialed in. All right, it's, that's what I wanted. It's to happening. <laughs> no, I, I'm just gonna go out and do the same. You've been close, man. Way. You got two second. You you finished second the last two years, man. You're due, bud. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. We'll see. It'll be fun. We'll, we'll have to get back on here when uh, when it's all said and done. We'll have to tell both Absolutely. our stories about. What what happened at the World Championships out in Nevada? Um, for those who don't know, that it's a it's a five and five contest, meaning you have to at least kill five the first day to be a contender, and then you have to kill another five on the second day, and you got to be the first one to check back in with your ten total coyotes. So it's a unique format. Um, poses poses some different challenges for sure. You know, yeah. um, I don't know about you, I. Me personally, I think it's probably one of the hardest formats. It, it seems easy, but it's not. Yeah, um, everybody seems it's like, oh, that's no. I just got to kill five coyotes full day. That's easy. And yet, I think both both years, there's only been two teams that have killed the five and five. Yeah, yeah, and you're one of them. And we only killed the first year. We killed the uh, uh, well, we killed eight and two. So, but it was really only seven that counted for the limit, you know, and then last year we yeah. killed the uh, five and three, you know, so, you know, we've it only ever gotten your, to eight for the limit. Yeah. It changes how you go about hunting your contest doing that, that format. Cause I mean, obviously you want to get as many coyotes so you can win the, the, uh, the most coyote pot in the contest. Oh yeah. But the side then, pot. Yeah. Yep. If you go for your best spot on the first day and kill all the coyotes then on the second day you're not going to have as many coyotes to go but you got to get five of them killed quick so do you save your best spot for the first day or do you save your best spot for the second day and just hope to at least get five the first hope day that you get to, yeah hope that you get to five yeah it's that's yeah. the dilemma and that's what makes it interesting and from yeah. what i've seen most guys don't guess right you know <laughs> they don't put the right plan together or, or things just don't work out and then also you know in a normal contest where it's just total numbers, you know, second day you can miss one and still win. You know, it's hard yep. when you need to kill five and you miss one. And now you go three more stands in a row before you kill another one. Now you just, you know, now you're an hour later than what you should have been as far as checking. And it's, it's, it's a whole different game. I, I really, I really kind of like it actually, you know, as yeah, far it's as the, format and the challenge it poses. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the first, I think I've told you this already. The first year that we got second, we had a double on our first stand, and then 
we actually called in a double on our second stand, but we missed one of them. And then a double on our third stand. So, yeah, that's pretty great. Five, I think five we had, I in the first three had, stands. I think we had one dry stand in between them too. I'm not exactly sure, but we were back to check on, I think by like 945. Um, yeah, that's. I, th- I think, I don't know. But then last year, it took us till dang near three o'clock to get them. So, yeah. So, and, and the funny thing is, too, in your mind, you're thinking everybody's just so it, you have to you have to learn how to be patient, like because yep. it really you got to stick with your plan, you know. Yep. And I think a lot of guys start panicking and and get away from their plan, thinking, oh my god, everybody's probably beating us by now. You know, we got to hurry up. Yep. But but yeah, you got to stick with your plan. And just hope you execute and, you know, hope it's good enough. You know, it's, it's a unique yeah. thing. Definitely different. I'm excited. I, it's fun contest. Yeah. You ever have the chance to yeah. go and do it? Well, more than anything, I'm looking forward to coming out there. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, tons of public land out in Nevada. Um, you know, the, the Nevada game commissions, you know, considering, you know, shutting down coyote contests, you know, they've already been shut down in Arizona and New Mexico, Colorado, you know, Nevada's next on the chopping block. The anti-hunters are, are pushing hard. Um, yeah. Luckily, they they voted here a, a while back, and they voted not to ban them. But, you know, you know it's going to be constant now. It's, you know, they're going to yeah, be coming it's, back it's year after year. Come, yep, every year. And the more people we can get involved in it, and the more people we can get doing contests and stuff, the, the better off it'll be. Yep. And, and there may be some people listening to this that oh. say, you know, I could care less about coyote contests, you know. But what you have to realize is, is it's a, it's a piece of the hunting puzzle. And if we let the anti hunters start taking one piece of the puzzle away before we know it, you know, they're going to take two pieces away and three pieces. And before we know it, the entire hunting puzzle is not going to be what it was, you know? So, um, yeah, it's important to a second that because you're a deer hunter, they're never going to take that away from you. Cause I guarantee if they get the coyotes, they'll get the trapping next and then rabbit hunting and then fishing tournaments and eventually they'll oh, get deer and the elk oh yeah yep so stuff. so the moral of the story is this if you're ever interested in competing in a contest like that you know here's your chance you know it's it's a fun time the nevada's load i mean nevada's like what 90 percent public ground yep. um and that you know that you have was, idaho sorry that world, oh, uh, they do a youth hunt at the same time. Uh, so if you have your your kids or nieces, nephews, whatever, you could actually sign up for the, the world championship, but in the youth hunt with kids and stuff, get them involved. It's, I don't know, it's a pretty yeah. cool deal. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I always say it's, if you're ever wanting to just come out and, you know, for me, more likely, you know, more than anything, I just like coming out there because there's group of guys in that contest that this will be the only time of year i get to visit with them and shoot the shit with them you know and stuff out there after the contest is over and stuff you know and uh yep. to me that's that's an important piece of it and something i really enjoy so definitely yeah, looking forward too. to to that part as well man so yep. well buddy i think uh i think we're gonna shut this one down i really appreciate you being on it i think people got some really great insight from you i think there's some good tips in here that they can use and uh, you know, some cool coyote hunting stories. Hopefully now, if anybody uh, starts calling you a cheater when you're whipping them all this winter hunting contest, you can just tell them to come and listen to this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Say, hey, uh, I gave all my secrets away in the podcast. You know, you just have to go yeah, listen to it, right? Just go listen to that. You'll be good. 
<laughs> and, and if anybody wants to find you, your YouTube channel is Coyote Assassins, correct? Yep. Uh, YouTube, yes. Instagram, and Facebook. All under Coyote Everything. All, all, all Coyote Assassins, man. And if you want to see piles of coyotes, like I said, Rusty does a, you know, he'll film a lot of the decoy dog and stuff. He's got a bunch of videos up there already over the past, you know, what he's been filming for probably five or six, eight years, probably. So, yeah, there's, there's a handful yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so lots of great stuff on there. So, uh, you know, be sure and check him out on uh, all of his platforms. But, uh, uh, you know, for me as well. Um, if you have any questions about this podcast, questions for me, you know, probably the easiest place to find me is on my website, which is coyotecraze.com. It'll give you links to, to YouTube stuff, my social media. Um, hopefully you've been watching the last, last stand series, uh, you know, episode one just dropped episode two is coming out. That's with Rusty and myself and a couple of other good buddies of ours, um, hunting out in Idaho. So be sure and check those out. Um, and you know, definitely want to thank swagger bipods for sponsoring this episode. Um, Rusty, you're a big swagger guy, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're using that. What are you using that QD? That QD 42 is your favorite. Yep. Yep. I just got the 72. I'm going to try that for the shotgun contest next year. I'm going to be able to stand up and not have to dangle my shotgun down by my feet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the whole yeah, reason so... I got that one. <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck Yeah. Well, like I said, check them out. Also, thanks to our other sponsors, Sig Optics and Lucky Duck Predator Calls, man. You know, stuff like this takes some money. Uh, Eastman's puts, puts you know, a lot of time into editing these and getting them out to you guys, and all that takes money. So we couldn't do it without those sponsors. So uh, really want to uh, thank them. But uh, most of all, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks to Rusty for being on, and we will catch everybody on the next one. Thanks.